Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of True Chat, a community podcast and a main music production. I am your host, Joy of Joyful Sounds, and this is episode three of season three, entitled Street Cred and Respect. What is that? What is street cred and respect? Well, Inglewood's unspoken normalities exist all around us, whether we acknowledge them or not. And usually, it's acknowledged. And it's acknowledged as a community. During either of the two is taking an action towards creating a situation for you. In other words, creating our own reality. You'll hear unspoken truths probably spoken for the first time in a way that anybody can understand. You'll hear the voices of Victoria Sullivan, the returning voice of King George, as well as an artist with street knowledge by the name of Nicole. Now all of these community members you'll hear again throughout True Chat's journey. These are just shorts of longer interviews that I've had with them. So be sure to stay tuned to other episodes to catch the rest of that story. Now, let's listen. Let's listen as these residents share their stories of heart, grit, respect, and survival in these streets of Inglewood. I also want you to listen for what things can we keep? What things are we using to stay asleep, keeping us in victim status? Or what things do we throw away and let go because they no longer serve us? Do you have anything to say about the violence in Inglewood? And if so, what do you have to say? Because we're right now not in Inglewood. (laughs) No, we're not. We're <laughs> shit. Where we are is not far from the quality of life in Inglewood. Um, I feel like Inglewood, like real shit, is the last of the dying breed. I feel like people know of Inglewood. Um, pretty, pretty much don't have too much good shit to say about Inglewood. Um, I feel like as far as gentrification, Inglewood is not even on the radar. I might be wrong. Um, but the violence that's happening now, it's the same shit was happening when I grew up. It was not as magnified. Like the shit that I experienced in Inglewood was like some HBO Showtime type shit back then growing up in the 80s, 90s. And now here it is 2020. It's the same shit. It's a different day. But it's more magnified. I feel like the kids now, they don't know their roots or their history of the people that came before them. Because they don't know who certain people are. And that's something you should know if you're on the block banging or if you stand on the, whatever the fuck the case may be, you should know the history of the families that came before you. Or if you're an extension of those families that have grew up on that block. So who do you think that falls on though? Why wouldn't somebody, if you don't know, if there's a generation that don't know, who is that going to fall on? I think it's like a thousand old heads. And but if they so, killed or incarcerated. But here's, and here we go. And here's, here's what I'm leading into. Like the shit that I'm always talking about. 
my whole thing is there's so much power in Inglewood Man. that you got to keep it dumb. You got to keep it dumbed down. You got to keep it drunk. You got to keep it high. You got to keep it fucked up. You got to keep it killing each other. You got to keep it confused. And otherwise, because the minute niggas straighten up and realize the truth, what you just said, they just incarcerated. These are things that's kind of set up. It's beyond the control of your own until you get the game. True. Once you get the game, then you realize, oh, and you realize, like, like I think about these young kids now that they starting to loot on the north side, <laughs> okay? When they was looting back in the day, what black folk, whatever black folk went on the north side? None. But well, you would think that they would because that's yeah. where the money is, right? I think the furthest they might have went might have been Jewtown. Now, my whole thing is I'm not... This is not prom about promoting that True. kind of behavior. True. I'm talking about a, a mentality. We didn't, we didn't harm our own. So they're experiencing something different in New Down. They're yeah. going to different places. They're finding out. Excuse me. <laughs> and learning new shit. And so. Which is kind of not really new though. But for them, because it's not being passed down to True. them for different reasons. Right. right. Either being incarcerated. What about the ones that are not incarcerated? Are there some that are not? Are there any that are not? I mean, by now, like, some of them have gotten out. But, I mean, and what like, this, type of this, this new, this man, this new school of kids don't give a shit. They don't look at it like, man, you was down. You know what I'm saying? You didn't snitch. You did your time. They looking at that shit like, nigga, you weak. You mm -hmm. got caught. You snitched or whatever the hell. No respect. They have no respect or no regard. No fear. Why do you think that's, why do you, do you feel like there's something that's wrong or bad? I do. Why? Because we had a code back then. No women, no children. Who getting killed now more than ever? Children. Women. You didn't fuck with the women, the kids, no grandmas, no mamas. It was amongst men then. Now, shit, it. Cat, dog, rat, but I mean, it, it don't matter. And the kids weren't doing the violence either. Now you got eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds. I mean, back then it was more of a, like a neighborhood type of thing, a community type thing. Like, they knew you. We we were known for blocks away. You on Elizabeth, we from Maine. You on Elizabeth cutting up, they're going to take your ass back on Maine and tell your motherfucking mama, get your motherfucking kid wilding blocks away. Now they don't give a damn. No face, no case. I ain't saying shit. It ain't my people. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, looking out for yourself. I didn't grow up in the era like that. I told, I told my mother, real shit, a couple of months ago, I said, man, if I had came up, like if I was the teen or the child that I was now in this day and age that I was back then, I wouldn't be alive. Period. It w it would be no way. My ass would have came up missing, dead, raped, dumped somewhere. Like I man, this shit is crazy now. Mm -hmm. It's insane. The shit that I think about, I'm like, what? I did what? Ain't no way I could have got away with that shit right now. In 2020, 19, even probably back in 18. Ain't no way. No way. Because even though, like our family, the crazy shit about it was like. We were put on a pedestal. 
the women in our family were wanted by many and had by none. So they we had that reputation. So coming through trying to even try to step out the norms and trying to be involved in the shit that everybody was doing, even if we wanted they was like, girl, get your ass on. Your ass back on May with that brown plaid uniform. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get your ass out of here, nerd. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was a respect. Because I knew we weren't cut from that cloth. But as the wheels started turning and the dynamics started changing and the people started interchanging and losing that knowledge of the history our family had, then I was able to come in and get away with a whole lot of fuck shit. Because they didn't know. They knew, but they didn't know. And when it got too thick, then I'm running my ass back to the crib. Like, okay, I ain't with that shit. Or... If I was approached by some other shit, then the people who knew the history of my family would come in and say, no, nah, she off limits. Like, no. Nah. You know what I'm saying? So I seen and heard and got away with a lot of shit that probably a lot of people would not have. And even with you being gone, knowing that I'm your cousin, even with Ray being gone, knowing that I'm his cousin's sister, Deacon, they knew even with Jeannie. Like, I mean, everybody, you know what I'm saying? Even though I try to, you know, not say that with my auntie, but motherfuckers knew. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, damn. Now that I, hindsight, looking, I'm grateful. Because shit, I, man, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be sitting there now. Because it was so many people that got lost and strung out and all type of crazy shit. And I done ran with some of the worst of the worst of the worst. But I just always felt in my heart, like, this some bullshit. My mama always taught education. I'm like, I'm going to use education to get the fuck about this bitch. That's exactly what I did. Listen for the similarity and the difference between these two stories. Yeah. He was running with Jeff Ford. Jeff Ford wanted him to be an ambassador of the Stones. He had conversations with David Boxdale, and they came up with the fact, I guess David said, well, man, first of all, Larry was his own entity, period. Period. So that speaks about him. When you got two, two, two people who was who they was before, yes, Jeff Ford was who he was before Larry Hoover became anything to the world. Or the eyes of the public. David Boxdale was who he was before Larry Hoover became anything to the eyes of the public. Or whatever, however y'all want. So guess what? You had these two kings, already established kings, basically fighting over this little nigga. Put that in your pipe and smoke. Not necessarily fist fighting, necessarily fist fighting, or even because they did some fist fights and some shit did happen. After Larry made the choice to go with Boxdale and they formed BGDN. So, it, to my knowledge, that's where the history of our disliking with the Stones, GDs and Stones, on the street level, though. Because Larry and Jeff, they were tight. They locked up together now. They tight. So, that's the shit the street niggas doing. Y'all need to stop. It ain't about that. But think of this. Put this in your pipe and smoke. But who the fuck is going to tell them? That's what I'm saying. But listen. See, and, but see, this is why, this is why the bigger picture that you're talking about, mm -hmm. the people that took that picture, the people that got the camera in their hand, this is why they will not develop the film that shows why this. Hoover. That's why I want motherfuckers to listen to this podcast because. That's why. Like, once I feel like once our boys on the street know, I don't live that life, right. but once they fucking know, the game will change. Right, yeah. They will start wanting 
differently. They will start seeing people, they will start seeing truth. And once that shit change, the it's fucking, the like, Inglewood will change the fucking world. I'm telling you, I know it. I really, that's, that's why I keep telling people, you gotta keep this, you gotta keep Inglewood fucking crazy. Yes. You got a real, you got a real, like Jeff Ford, Jeff Ford had, Jeff Ford got a million dollars from the government. Like, Jeff Ford done all type of shit, had all type of movement. Like, he was on some real militant, Let's do mm -hmm. it. Bring my black now people he, together. I did. Type of shit. I, I read about. I know King about David. Him. I don't know. I don't know much about what King David did when he was alive. Whatever. However, I just know he was an established king. He had his own mob. That's all I know. Okay. You got both them established kings I'm fighting over Larry Hoover. Why? Because both of them, Jim Ford and King David, seen something in that young boy. That he showed them right now today. He showed he showed the world. He's showing the world why Jeff wanted him on his side, why King David wanted him on his side, and why Larry Hoover made the decision he made to go with King David because he seen a bigger picture. Every and then he had been locked up. He been locked up forty seven years. Bless you, forty seven years. Jeff Ford had a chance to be out here. He went in, came out. Went in, came out. Larry didn't get that chance. Larry get that chance. Larry been there since 73. Everything he created, he created from inside the prison walls. GDs was birthed from inside the prison walls. And them bitches are all over the state of the U.S. Every state in the United City included the last tagged on Hawaii, Puerto Rico. <laughs> you got GDs in these motherfuckers. Now, whether they real, whether they official, that's for y'all. It ain't got nothing to do with me. But they claiming it. They look up to the man. This nigga, Larry Hoover. And this is why the feds came in to lock him up because they been knew whatever they thought they knew. If they thought he was a drug dealer, they been knew that shit. They been thought that. Mm -hmm. If they thought he was a killer, they been knew that shit. They been thought that. It wasn't a fucking problem because we ain't doing nothing but killing up each know, other. That's what they say. Because he about to unite motherfuckers and With take. That, that nigga. That's what I'm looking for. <clears throat> I was 12 years old. We was doing it for free. We done it because we believed. We believed in what he said. Yes, we do need some change. We do need to bring people together. We do. We, that nigga had me, 12 years old, downtown marching with signs because of the belief. When they seen that shit, he got to go. That was Cyrus. He and got they, to go. They, you remember in the 90s when they made the peace treaty? Yeah, I kind of sort of. With every you, gang, it was every gang. We and all the churches tree. was bringing, um, yeah. They had the buttons, everything. Larry mm -hmm. Hoover did that. They had nothing to do with no other gang chief. Larry Hoover did that. GDs were trendsetters. They were trendsetters. Everything they did, everybody emulated it. So, I was having a conversation. Why do these young, why do these young boys look up so much? Looks look up so much to a gang banger or someone because. Why? Why are they not looking for themselves for answers? Why don't they don't see? Why they don't see and hold themselves as high as they hold somebody else? That's a good question, and I can answer that from a perfect standpoint, not perfect personal standpoint. Cause I'm one of them guys. I look up to Larry Hoover like people do Malcolm X. Like people believe in Jesus. That's how I believe in Larry Hoover. So I'm perfect for that question, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because when I was growing up, I wasn't with my mom and daddy every day. I wasn't being raised by my mom and dad. I was in the streets. And the only sense of direction I had was the paperwork that Larry Hoover put forth. 
his teachings, his beliefs is what I learned, is what helped me develop the way I think now. Now, everybody don't get it. I understand the transformation from gangster disciple to growth and development. I followed it. I done it myself because of what he taught me. Now, as you get older, then that's like being a kid. You're not, you're not responsible for your actions. Now, I'm a grown man. I'm responsible for my actions. For whatever goes on, I'm responsible for it. But he brought me up. That blueprint brought me up. Our laws and policies brought me up. That that helped shape and mold the type of person I am. We had we got a law in the 1 through 17. It used to be 1 through 16. The New Testament brought about 1 through 17. But we got a law in there called respect. Number four. You know what that says? No member shall disrespect a member or a non-member of the organization. A member or a non-member. A non-member is you. A non-member is that old lady. So Larry said, the father figure of this gang said, if you disrespect that old lady, we getting up with your ass. Who out here saying that now? They can call him what they want, but this is what he wrote. And I got a stronger point to make for a motherfucker, especially the police. I hope y'all ass hear this shit. Motherfuckers listen to that man. Motherfuckers listen to that man. Motherfuckers will, th this, is a, this is a commodity. This street game is a, you know it, you saying it. Yes, I know it's a bigger picture, but guess what? Another thing, just like I talk about the voices, these are the only voices we hear. So if you keep the voice tuned out, if you keep, if you keep the voice tuned out, that motherfucker loud as hell. Oh yeah, yeah, streets of Chicago, nigga. But if you keep the voice that the youth, that people, see, see, okay, okay. Again, back to me. And, and I'm trying to compare this to society, people, period. There was a lot of people that told me good things when I was a kid. There was a lot of people said, man, man, little G, why you out here, man? You should be in school or you should do this. Don't do that. That's not right. You should go here. You know what I would tell them? Get out of my face before I pop your ass. Now, that was me being ignorant. I didn't know no better. I thought I knew what I knew, what I was doing at the time I thought was right. I didn't understand. They was giving me free game. They were trying to teach me the ropes, but because I didn't know them. I don't know you. See, that's a big problem with us, young black men in the streets. If we don't know you, if we don't know you, because we looking, we looking for we we looking for the love of our family, our cousins, our mothers, our brothers, our sisters, our aunties. When we ain't getting it from them, it ain't really much you can tell me. You gotta you that's why that's why we spoke before where I told you you gotta figure out a way to approach them. You gotta figure out the gain way to gain their trust. Cause they wanna hear it. I wanted to hear it. I really needed an ass whooping. I wanted an ass whooping. I remember a time, real shit, that I was at my dad's house. I was about 13. You told me I already know. And I was sitting down, you know what I'm saying? It's like 7:30, 8 o'clock at night. I'm watching TV. And my dad come in, he like, man. Cut TV all the time, go to bed. So me, I'm thinking, first of all, I've been out in the streets. I don't really stay here with you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's going on? What the fuck you mean? Cut the TV off, go to bed. Like, nigga, I'm 13, but I'm a kid. Fuck you mean? But in my mind, I'm nigga, I'm 13. I just came from outside. I just came to chill a little bit. Fuck you talking about? So, you know what I'm saying? I didn't say nothing. He walked off. He came back. TV was still on. He, man, what I tell you? I take cut the TV off. You cut the TV off. So I got up. I'm like, fuck this shit. I got up and walked out the door and went back to the streets. What I wish would have happened was my daddy would have came and caught me at that bus stop and beat the fuck out of me. Right now today, that's what I wish would have happened. That's what I needed to happen. But when he didn't do that, what can somebody else tell me? 
What can somebody else tell me? And that's how these little kids feel right now. They don't trust no motherfucking body. They don't know no motherfucking body. The people that they want to love them don't give a fuck about them or don't know how to love or don't pay attention. So it's going to be hard for an outside motherfucker to penetrate them. And, and, and it's the design. This is a part of the bigger picture. They knew that. That's why they came up with that hotline. If, you, if, you, if, you, if your mom and daddy whoop you, call us. We'll lock them up. <laughs> that's why they come up with the shit. That's like, answer this question. You talk about the bigger picture. Yes, you motherfuckers need to listen. Ask yourself, ask yourself why if your wife got section eight, y'all got, y'all got five kids. Your wife got section eight. You get caught with two bags of crack, whether you smoke or sell. You go to jail, you do your time, you get out, you on parole, you finish your parole successfully. You can't move in the house with your wife and your children because she got government assistance and you have a family. Why the fuck do you think that is? It's Nigga. purposely to separate exactly. that's, the fucking that's family. Why, that's why how I do say, we? How do we teach them? How do we teach us so we know that so that we, we can gotta gain, combat it? We got to gain. We got to somehow gain the trust. We got to gain okay. the trust of these little motherfuckers so you can tell them because they don't want to hear nothing you got to say if they don't trust you. Now we're going to have a different kind of attention than we haven't had to things that happen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Inglewood, in Auburn, Gresham, and Chatham, and everywhere else. But if you got people flying down Oak Street, and throwing bullets yes I, i'm here for that because it's gonna give a different audience to um a problem that's been thought of oh that's just something that's happening over there and if we never deal with it mm -hmm. so yeah it's like as unfortunate as any loss of life is any destruction to a community there is for this to happen at this accelerated rate as it has been now, it feels like it's a it's a necessity. It's a it's an impetus to what is going to happen next to yeah. to fix it. And yeah, uh, it's I, real. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I feel you on this being a global a global endeavor. It 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 has to be. I see Chicago as being at the forefront. You know, to 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 be the the flagship operation of what is to come, but it does, it, it requires global effort and, and global momentum. Um, I was reminded of many years ago, I, I was in a um, oratory competition. Um, it was it's something that um, Harold Washington College did. I think they may still do it. It was, the festival was named in honor of a, a very distinguished professor who has since passed on, but, it was his brainchild. And the object of the game was to award um, monetary prizes for a speech that you would deliver in February in Black History Month um, about a historical figure. And I won the first prize one year because, and maybe not, well, the speech, I, 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 I'm a speaker, so there is that. But it wasn't so much the speech is it was the subject, but the speech was about Stanley Tukey Williams, and Stanley Tukey Williams. I don't know if you if you know that name. Yeah, who was um, executed because he was charged, imprisoned, and incarcerated, and executed. He stayed on death row for quite a while, but during his time in prison, 
depending on who you ask or who you want to believe, he turned his life around. He created a, an anti-gang curriculum um, that pro people were forming truces around his books, his work. Conversations were happening in, in LA, in Switzerland, um, where little did I know they had a gang problem. So there is, there's- In Switzerland. Think, in Switzerland. You know, so I think there's, there are some existing blueprints that can be drawn from, but there is new work that needs to be added into it. Mm -hmm. So I'm here for that. And like you, I, I don't intend to get in the street. I could, I have, I'm 56. I won't do that no more. But if I can teach these babies, hey, blue and red make purple and purple is stronger than these two separate factions. And if we can do this with paint, we can do this with men mm -hmm. and women and community. Yes, quite a bit of information. I love it, I love it. That's how we do on True Chat. And some of you all know it, but a lot of you all listeners, you all, you all don't really know what's happening and what's really going on in the streets. But you need to know what's going on in the streets just like you all need to know what's going on in politics. What's going on and who's sitting in our presidential office. Because I'm telling you all, they go together. And if you know how this country started, how this country began, then you're clear on why we still have crime in our streets. You can't have one without the other. So we can stop placing judgment and we can start placing this judgment and then holding people accountable. Once you can start holding people accountable, we can pull our boys and our girls, our youngsters up out of this shit. Okay? That's one. That's me. All right? Um, I was told, you know what, Joy? If you're going to be out here doing these interviews and you're trying to talk to these gangsters and this, that, and the other, you're trying to school them and tell them a thing or two, then you need to know who they are. Have you heard of Chicago Drill? Maybe you should go check that out. I did what I was suggested to do, and I went and I started looking at the different videos, started doing a little research on Chicago Drill. And it broke my heart to see all these beautiful young boys out here hating on each other for no real reasons or for reasons that has been thrown at them, designed to set up. It's just like you ever been in school or some shit like that and uh, you got people that's fucking with you, talking about you, um, whispering behind your back, and then you turn around and you snap and the teacher's like, Joy! Go to the go to the principal's office, and you go to the principal's office, and you trying to tell like, but but uh, Tim and them was and they were like, no, 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 no. It's like you the one that got caught. That's what this is, fellas. Y'all just don't know it. It's breaking my heart because you all are ignorant to what is really going on, and you out here rapping about it. These fellas that's out there on a bigger game that's got paid for stuff like that. It was set up and designed like that. You all are doing it and you're raising emotions and it's set up for you all to kill each other because a cleansing has got to take place 
for some new shit to come in. And where you going to be? You going to be on the other side, brother. I might be able to talk to you, but everybody ain't going to be able to talk to you. Now put that in your pipe and smoke it. It's been more real talk, true talk on True Chat. I am your host, Joy of Joyful Sounds, another May Music production. And those of you all that don't know, we have the Backyard Jam series, Off the Chain, August the 21st, 6832 South Polina. We will have Elisa in the house rocking this bitch. So make sure y'all fall through, tune in to Joyful Sounds on Facebook Live. You'll also get it from the different band members, so come check us out. I also want to give a shout out and a thanks to my sponsors, both for True Chat, a community podcast, as well as the Backyard Series events. Uh, that's Funky Fridays and Wind Down Wednesdays. Thank you, Pastor Johnson. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Journey to Manhood. Thank you, Annette. And thank you to the Smith family. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Bet. Thank you, Alverna. Thank you all for pitching in and inviting others to support and donate to the cause for all of us. A healing for everybody. Sound, music, power. Love and light. And until next time, we out. Peace. Yeah, source energy Feels my being getting choked in the throat A reason for living It is like everyone I might see adversity Penetrating my communities Creating perceptions that we need to be freed Source energy Yeah Source, source, source energy. Blessing us with source energy, source energy.